Hi, I'm John. And I'm Paul. And this is the Minute Podcast. If you give a mouse a cookie, I'm pretty sure he'd write a book. But give us 60 seconds of footage and we'll tell you where to look. With a concept this simplistic, it's hard to say if it'll last. But give us just a minute and we'll give you a podcast. The Minute Podcast. Great, thanks for joining us for another episode. As you probably know by now, the Minute Podcast is a weekly conversation between John and myself where we review a listener-submitted minute of content, either from TV, movie, or somewhere else on the internet, and we talk about it, try to figure out what's going on, and orient ourselves. John, what are we looking at today? Today we're discussing The Woman in the Window, uh, minute 15, uh, 36, 38 seconds? Something seconds. It's going to be in the description. Mm. Uh, and this is submitted by Kinsey. Excellent. Well, um, John, as you know, Valentine's Day is approaching. So the yes. flower business is really flooding the podcast ad market. Yes. So this week, our episode is brought to you by one or 800 flowers. Do you need a single <laughs> rose for your sweetie? How about 800 daisies? A single sunflower? As long as you need either one or 800 flowers, this is the service for you. Visit one or 800flowers.com slash minutepod for a 10% discount on any order over 800 flowers today. That's good. I'm, I winked at I'm the glad, end of it. I just wanted to... I'm glad we are able to yeah. provide this service. Um, all right, Paul. So let's go over our level of familiarity with uh, this movie. And uh, mm-hmm. I have none. How about you, Paul? <laughs> none. I actually... And I feel bad that I don't really recognize any of the actors either. Like no. they, I feel like they're people I, I know I should recognize, but I'm I'm coming in at zero. Well, okay, so the woman doesn't exactly not seem familiar, but it's difficult to tell because like costuming and hair are mm. so like like I feel like a a lot of uh major actresses from this time were picked because they fit a look rather than like you know, made a look sure. Uh, because they didn't have an opportunity. Like, I don't want this to be like uh, all women look alike because they're just, that's just what they are. And this is their choice to look. No, it's like the industry looked for, for very specific women. And I feel like we're both going to be like, after this, we're going to look at IMDb and be like, Oh my God, that's who that is. Mm. is, We feel terrible, but there's nothing about this scene that um, gives away any sort of uh like who these people are beyond right. beyond like the immediate characters i guess well the the nice thing is this gives the listener something to tweet at us about angrily the fact that we yeah. didn't recognize whoever uh great well a quick intro to the scene then we open on a man entering a dark residential building of some kind then we cut to a different room where there's a different man and woman in an apartment or something similar they have Mm -hmm. discussion the first man then enters a struggle ensues and the man who entered is stabbed yep so it ends in a stabbing folks that's how we're starting our february excellent (laughs) happy valentine's day (laughs) (laughs) all right well uh, let's jump right into the script read then john we've got three characters um glasses darling and frank frank is the only named character in this minute so i'll do um darling and frank and you'll do glasses yeah I'll, i'll be i'll be glasses excellent all right ouch oh did you cut yourself no but the wire broke have you something to cut it with scissors all right yes i think that will do 
Slam. Who are you? My name is... Frank. Frank, darling, listen. I told you if you ever... Stop that, you fool. Fool, eh? Frank, 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 stop. Uh, Struggle noises. (laughs) Stop, Frank. Reet, 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 reet. Stab. In scene. Excellent. What, what did you think of my Foley work on that, John? Yeah, I thought that was very good, Paul. I okay. mean, like, we're we're getting really into this. Between this and the Zardoz episode, I feel like I feel like we're getting somewhere. Now, was that a slab of meat that you smacked in the middle of that? Uh, um, I assume. <laughs> well, it, in that I slapped myself, yes. <laughs> mm. Anyway, uh, <laughs> John, so what is your, uh, your first takeaway from the scene? First thought. All right, so my first thought is... Uh, it, it, Okay, so my first takeaway from the scene was, yeah, this is going to be like one of those things, but it, 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 it like a like a misunderstanding sort of thing, and I, mm-hmm. I I'm looking forward to figuring out what the misunderstanding is, uh, or even if it is, I mean, like I guess it could just be straightforward, like she's having an affair with glasses guy, and then Frank mm-hmm. walks in and he ends it, or glasses guy ends it technically, but um, it's a team effort, yeah, team effort, uh, I. I I think I think there's a few things that stand out. So one of the first things that really stands out to me is um the sort of coordination between glasses and the woman uh is is pretty good because it's like, "Oh, I need something to cut this." And then she's like, "Oh, it's scissors work." And he's like, "Yes." And then like everything is hunky-dory and everything works fine. And then it does work out fine because all he has to do is like reach out his hand while being str- strangled, and then she places the scissors in his hand as though this was the whole purpose of giving getting the scissors to begin with. Like yeah, I guess to 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 clarify the sequence of events a little bit, um when uh Glasses calls Frank a fool, he Frank punches Glasses in the face and then starts to strangle him on the couch. Yep. At which point Glasses um, is strangled for a little while, then holds out his hand, and uh, Darling hands him the scissors with which he stabs Frank. Yeah. Yep. And and it's very smooth, and nobody questions any moment of this. Like, nope. it just seems to be like... I mean, other than, like, Glasses, who's, be- like, being subjected to being strangled. Uh, but, like, everything seems to just click into place really easily. Kinda, uh, yeah. And I kind of like it, because it feels... <laughs> this feels like it's adapted from a book. Like, like this is how the things go, and so we're just going to show you how the things went. And uh, Oh, interesting. It, and yeah. it, it feels like something that probably isn't a great uh, form of, like, storytelling in film, but it, it's... It's effective. It's sequential. It, I think it's, it's something... It's it's a style that exists, I guess, that, that, that um, existed a lot more in these older, like, sort of film noir works. So what about you, Paul? What stood out for you? My first reaction is that while Glasses is being strangled on the couch... Mm-hmm. Um, Darling has the ability to do anything about it herself, but she chooses not to and instead gives Glasses the scissors with which he could theoretically stab Frank, but she's in a much more effective position to do something. So I think that's going to play into my theories, but that's my first thought. Yeah. No, I... Yeah, no, there's definitely a sort of like uh, her enabling him to stab Frank. Mm -hmm. Uh which which also sort of plays into like how I think things go from here and maybe like why glasses is there I don't know. The other okay. thing that we should say is like Frank is a big guy. 
He's like, a big guy. It, it's clear from the beginning, uh, like Glasses was not going to have an easy fight ahead of him. Glasses is, and neither of them are particularly like young or attractive men. No, like they're not like hideous beasts. You know, put on film and cinema to like you know scare audience viewers. But they're both like what kind of dumpy middle aged men. Yeah, uh, I mean, we can do we can do a quick review of what each of the characters looks like. I mean, starting sure with. Thing. With Darling, who's where we're calling her that because she's called Darling in the scene, scene right? Oh no, mm-hmm. she calls Frank Darling. Well, anyway, that's her name now. Um, she looks <laughs> like we a classic... all are what what we say the first time we're on film. Like that's Basically. how SAG works, right? I think so. Uh, but she looks like a classic 1944 femme fatale. Um, I'm sure oh, yeah. I'm going to get a lot of guff for not remembering her name. Um, Frank looks like your traditional. Overly large, not overly muscular, but just in like the big man way. Um, yeah, like that. Like, that an abusive uh, husband would be portrayed in definitely. film. Well, he's film noir strong. Like, remember, like, like yeah. you know, there's no like Arnold Schwarzenegger types at this point. So it's very like uh, he's just huge. Like just he's massive, both yeah. fat and also probably very strong. Like he, I don't know, throws bags of sand around or something like that for sure. his day job. Mm-hmm. And then. Glasses looks like an accountant. Yeah, it's like a middle aged like, like accountant, a pu- like a l- slightly pudgy, but not like not like fat accountant, basically. So yeah, like, I think like, that's fair. Like I like I wouldn't say like he has absolutely no like physical prowess whatsoever, but he's definitely not a like he does not throw bags of sand around for his day. No, job. he has a sedentary job, definitely. Yes. Um, okay, and you can tell because he's also wearing glasses. It's true. So, yeah. Uh, I, I would have to say, like, everybody's dressed really well. Like, I, I mean, it's, yeah, it's film noir. What is it, 1940s? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 1944. 44, yeah. So, like, you know, of course they're wearing suit and hat and all that sort of stuff. But, like, nobody here is, like, a stereotypical, like, beggar or bum or, you know, like, all the archetypes that you would see in, like, mm. a 1940s movie. Um, So they all seem to be rather well off. Which, uh, and the woman is wearing, like, a sheer, like, sort of dress thing that makes you wonder, is she, like, nude under it? Like, is this supposed to be... Yeah, it it made me wonder. It's, like, somewhere between a dress and a negligee. Yeah, because, like, the... I think I can see her shoulders through it, Mm. and then you can clearly see something going on around, you know, her breasts or whatever, but it does not look like she's, like currently in a negligee it looks like there might be something nude underneath like a nude like yeah it, silk something or to me i think it's like the most nude that you could show someone in a film in 1944 probably yeah it's, it's like it's, maximum it's, suggestivity exactly so so like i like it's interesting because like if she's wearing something else there would be uh like this would be a completely different story in my mind which right. leads me to like think like you know th- this is gonna like the clothes inform what this is about to me uh, and oh God, I love movies from the forties. Like oftentimes they're terrible in like certain ways, but you know, like but they're a lot of fun. Recently, there's been a lot of talk about like how like you can still love stuff that is like, you know, complicated by, by other factors. Uh, John, are you yeah. equating filmmaking from the 1940s with comedians who were sexual assault perpetrators? No, 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 no. Uh, I'm talking more about like, uh, some stuff in games that are like, 
uh, a lot of critics are saying like just because I say that there's something wrong with this game doesn't mean uh, that I see. this game that, that it, makes I'm still a lot not more play sense this, that this isn't still going to be fun for me. I just still have the right to say like I don't really like how this is portrayed or like how this person acts or uh, like see. this quest okay. line yep. or whatever. Then I retract my earlier accusation. But John, let's let's talk through the setting a little bit. I mean, you mentioned that everybody's dressed very well, but I'm having some trouble figuring out where exactly they are or what kind of building they're in exactly. Because we see Frank enter the building wearing a really cool hat, first of all. <laughs> yep. I really wish hats cool would ball. have a comeback. The more of my hair I lose, the more I think, what, why not hats? And then I put <laughs> one on and I'm like, oh yeah, that's why not hats. That's why not but, hats, yeah. Well, uh, it's it's my understanding that there's also something to like hat culture as it existed meant that you got your hat the correct size and fitting and you know mm-hmm. because everybody else was wearing hats like there's a lot of stuff to normalize it whereas like i feel like just going to like jc penny's and picking up a pork pot hat or whatever just doesn't work that way well that's fair so the industrialization killed hats is what i'm saying uh <laughs> <laughs> right okay but but back to this building it seems it's a residential building, but I can't tell um, if they own the whole thing, if this is like a an apartment situation. And the, yeah. the reason I'm not sure is he walks in and it's not like there's a lobby or anything like that. But then he comes through this door and you can see there's some sort of buzzers by the door. And um, it's like a, a multi-room unit, it looks like. The reason I say that is there's a bedroom area... There's a full um, bar set, and then she goes around the corner to get the scissors into what I assume might be a kitchen. So, I don't know. Do you think they own this whole building? Is this an apartment? What's going on? Um, I think it's probably an apartment, but a very open floor plan. Like, uh, surprisingly mm-hmm. open for what I assume the 19—a lot of, like, brownstones in the 1940s. It looks like the guy walks into a, like, city brownstone and then walks into a, uh apartment— uh, setting mm-hmm. in a, a Hollywood lot. <laughs> like that's what, that's what he. Yeah, that, that's really what it looks like. Yeah, and uh, also, do you think? Do you think whoever owns this apartment is a millennial, Paul? I was going to say no, but make your case. Okay, there's a lot of plants here. There and... are a lot of plants, and these are classy plants too. You've got orchids. You've got some broadleaf tropical guys. I mean, yeah, some some other types. And they're they're beautiful and and it looks like one of those like stereotypical like millennial apartments that you know you and I obviously both have now. How many Uh, house plants do you have, John? uh, We have probably a half dozen uh, at least. uh, But we also have been blessed so far with uh, having outdoor space to 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 put a lot of plants in. Uh, I see. Um, How about you, Paul? What's your plant count? I think we're at five, but they're pretty small, so nothing to compete with these orchids and broadleafs that these no. guys have. But like, it is like a stereotype that like you know we millennials love love just plants everywhere. Apparently, we're also killing the TGI Fridays industry. Yes. Uh, well, that's on purpose. The plant thing just seems to be like some sort of horrifying folly of mankind. But yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, to to keep going through the scene a little bit though um being a little add today sorry that's good this is a classy apartment though beyond the plants they've got these really nice lamps that are like oh, yeah. men posing oh yeah i i was i wanted to bring up the, the lamps classy next lamps too. they look um 
they look like they might be bronze, and you can't really tell, of course, because it's black and white. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think, John? Do you like these lamps? I really do. I do, too. Uh, I think the lamps are super classy. They're, like, guys, like, climbing up to the top of, like, the peak of a mountain or something, and then just, mm-hmm. like, hands akimbo, like, uh, you know, I, I've i conquered this mountain, and now I shall commemorate it with a lamp. Uh, I also like that there's two of them, one on either side of the couch. <laughs> Which is nice, yeah. Yes. Um, they're, they're, they're twin peaks. Uh... So, yeah, and then the table in the center, the coffee table, seems to be made out of marble. It's got two champagne bottles on it. They've clearly finished off one at this point. Uh, yeah, well, it's, a, it's a beautiful apartment. It's really nice. I want to live there. But let's talk about how much they've had to drink, John. Because so, I think I think it informs what we're supposed to take away from the scene. Yeah, I think they've had one bottle of champagne to drink between the two of them, which now... I know that this is probably not true, but I feel like on film, that Mm. means that they are drunk, right? I see. I think they've had more to drink than that because there is the empty bottle of champagne, Mm -hmm. but she's also holding two martini glasses with a garnish on them. So at Mm. first I thought maybe they were just drinking champagne out of martini glasses like some, you know, savages. But (laughs) uh, since there's a garnish there, I don't think that's what's happening. So I think they've had at least two cocktails and the champagne so okay. i think we're, we're supposed to think that they are significantly drunk or that the props department just ran out of champagne glasses if not for the garnish in them i would agree with you yeah that's true well they're like we can't just have martini glasses here <laughs> it's, it's a classy apartment yeah um so they they're they're obviously drunk i would like to say that glasses glasses is looking a little bit younger right now in this frame than i thought he did although like you know when a man gets strangled i feel like it ages him a little bit mm-hmm. um but he does look a little bit more you know sort of chipper and boy face in the scene where like he's trying to open up the bottle it's um, true I, I think we we can say that he is probably younger than frank uh, yeah, although he's she than frank. she appears to be younger than both of them but it's hard to tell yeah I'd say I'd say she's like thirty. She's thirty. Frank is forty, and Glasses is thirty-five. Maybe. Yeah, I think I think that's a good. Maybe I, I a don't know. Bit younger than thirty-five. Maybe she's twenty-seven. I don't know. It's. I it's actually hard to think tell. Glasses the, the looks more like forty. Also. Yeah. Glasses looks more forty. I think he looks like he might be forty or late thirties, and Frank's a little older. Well, all right. Are you going to do a music sting of, like, guess their ages? Because we do this a lot. We should have, like, a segment. We should. We'll, we'll um, look into developing that. Okay. Should, should we talk about the altercation a little bit? Yeah, let's talk about it. So, okay, uh, so Frank Frank huffs in huff. and immediately starts, like, accusing uh, them of stuff. Well, it's interesting, though. He doesn't start accusing them until she comes in to try to explain it away. At mm-hmm. first, he's just asking who are you? And doesn't seem all that angry. Mm. And she runs in and he starts to freak out. That's true. Does that play into your, your theory on what, what's going on here? Not at all. Well, actually kind of. Yes. All right. So I told you if you ever, and I'm guessing that's if you ever cheat on me, cheat on me or had another man in the apartment with the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe. How do you feel about this slap? Not about the slap. Clearly we we don't like the slap, but (laughs) about, her reaction to the slap, um, all of that. 
Um, I don't know. I didn't really, I, like, it happens pretty quickly. I guess I wasn't really paying too much of attention to the slap itself because, mm. you know. Well, the, the reason I ask is that she hits the floor after it. And we can what we see from the film uh, is that it's an open-handed um, back of the hand slap, which, yeah. while it would be you know very painful, I don't think anyone should hit the floor after that hit. Yeah, it seems a bit dramatic, which does play into my theories. Well, oh, she she does. Well, she hits the wall and then shrinks onto the floor, which well, that's feels true. more like an emotional sort of like hit. Um, it's very very possible. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and so then he immediately goes to Glasses, punches him in the face. Now He re- he really telegraphs this punch from across yeah, the room. Yeah, no, he does. Uh, it's definitely, like, a, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, and, and this Glasses is all, makes they, no move. N- none of these people feel like they've ever, like, actually gotten in a fight before. Um, the other thing I is Glasses Frank, is not wearing maybe. glasses when he's hit, because when he greets Frank as he comes in, he takes off his glasses. So Which is it's an almost, interesting move. Yeah, well, I guess that does it does put him into like forties age if he's like wearing just for reading glasses. I mean, I guess it's not exclusive to being older, but well, they weren't even reading glasses; they were champagne opening glasses. Yes, champagne opening glasses, which uh, you know went out of style in the sixties for obvious reasons. So. Obviously, um, so Frank really goes straight in for the murder with this guy, though. Oh yeah, no. There's no. Frank, I'm going to punch Frank's you in the committed. face several times. I'm going to yep. knee you in the business. No, no. Right to uh, the strangle. Yeah, Paul. Do you think like if you ever went into a jealous rage that you would just immediately start strangling somebody, or do you think it would be more like I'm just going to like unleash anger at you? Like, I think it would be anger. I don't think I would ever go straight for murder. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel I, like I, I feel like strangling I'm... is a very deliberate. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm murdering you now thing, right? Which, yeah, it makes me think maybe Frank has killed people before, actually, because mm. he, he he is not just beating glasses to a pulp. No. He goes straight for the strangle. One punch oh, and yeah. the murder. Murder town. Now, do you want to talk about the stabbing, Paul? I do. Um, so while glasses is being strangled, he tries to fight him off with his hands a little bit, but then yeah. reaches out his hand as if to say, please hand me something so that I can defend myself. Yeah. Which, I, as thought, I, said before, I thought we were going to see the, the feature of one of these lamps. Uh, I thought I thought he was going to reach out and grab a bottle and hit yeah, him over the head with a it. a bottle, lamps, the glasses, something like that, yeah. But it's clear he's not groping around for something to grab. He's no, asking her to hand him reaching something. reaching out, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then he takes the scissors in his hand so that his hand is below the, um, it's like on the blades. So there's only yeah. two to three inches of scissor visible mm-hmm. and stabs Frank in the same spot in the back um Four-ish times. Yeah. And uh, the same spot in the back, and absolutely nothing happens to Frank. Like, <laughs> Other than him falling off dead. Other than him falling off dead. So yeah. these scissors caused severe internal damage. Uh, they did, wh- which, which is interesting because we see maybe two, three inches of scissor visible. Oh, yeah. And then, and then just all internal damage. Mm-hmm. And absolutely nothing is wrong with Frank's suit because he slumps off dead, uh, back facing the camera, so that yeah, you know, the no actor hole. doesn't have to act dead too hard. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, you see his perfectly clean and intact suit, where no scissors have ever <laughs> like gouged or cut. Which is true. Do you think this should have been a fatal stabbing based on what we saw? Uh, I mean, like, I could see it. 
if he like got the spine or something, I feel like that would be a pretty pretty big thing. But like again, like two inches, and I mean, I wonder was she going and getting like because they're shears, they're not really even like scissors, they're more like like sewing shears, maybe maybe from the 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 um costuming department, uh, possible, yeah, which are sharp as hell. Uh, True. But, I, I don't doubt that he could have broken the skin and even gotten yeah. two inches of metal into Frank's shoulder. But yeah, but I don't like, think yeah, that should it be is fatal. sort of like right below his shoulder blade, which I guess is maybe vulnerable-ish. I don't know. It, it's just there's a lot of muscle and he, stuff there. He could have punctured a lung. I'll go as yeah. far as that. But instant death, I don't see. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and I do I, like I, I do like when Frank slumps over. They really commit mm-hmm. to like his clothes being all crumpled. So like you you just get to see a little bit of above his sock. So Frank's (laughs) just like on the ground with like one pant leg riding up. And you know that the actor's like, how long do I have to stay here for one Mississippi two Mississippi? (laughs) Well, is there anything else from the scene that you want to talk about, John, or should we jump into the theories? I think we can jump into the theories pretty safely here, Paul. Uh, Like her look after she hands him the scissors is very much like waiting for him to murder the guy, not like Mm -hmm. surprised that this is what's happening. John, I think I think our theories might be a little bit similar this time. Okay, all right. Well, then should we just both say them at the same time? Okay, at the same time. Yep. I I think think that that she. No, uh, how about you, you, you go first. The, <laughs> yeah. I think she manipulated the scenario to get Glasses to kill Frank. Uh, I think Ooh. that she invited Glasses over. They're having a nice bottle of wine, and Glasses is just having a good, a good old time. And uh, she is the stereotypical femme fatale uh, manipulating uh, Glasses into murdering Frank. I would like to say that this is in no way, like what I think a realistic idea of like, you know, how someone would react. Like, I don't think that women do this. Like I just, it's just a, a, a part of, uh, you know, film noir that mm-hmm. women manipulate men. Uh, and this is where I was going with the whole, like, I can still kind of like something, even though it might not be something that I like all parts of. And the weird, uh, you know, femme fatale stereotypes and stuff are not something I usually like. Um, but uh, I think that she she not necessarily, like, planned out the uh, stabbing part of it, but she definitely planned out, like, a conflict of some variety here, is what I think. Because she does not seem very surprised about it. She immediately runs to Frank and goes, Frank, Frank, no, wait! As though Frank was, like, coming in here and punching him right off the bat. Right. Um, but, yeah. How about you, Paul? I entirely agree. I think it was something that she set up. She set up this altercation. What I don't entirely buy is the fact that she thought Glasses was going to kill Frank because she could not have known that she would have the scissors on hand for this. I don't think she cut halfway through the, um, you know, the the wire around the champagne bottle or anything. So what I don't understand is how she thought Glasses was going to kill Frank because, as you said earlier... He's a bit smaller than Frank. Frank's a massive dude. Glasses does not appear to have any fighting prowess. Yeah. I I don't know what she thought was going to happen. I think that's just a a little bit of a gap that we're not supposed to pay any attention to. Maybe she expected Frank to kill Glasses. That would be a much more interesting movie. But I don't think that can be true because Because she she hands Glasses the scissors. Yeah. So I don't know. I think you're right. I think this is what happened. But I don't... (laughs) 
think Maybe it entirely she just had makes too sense. many people and she's just like i need to reduce them by one <laughs> that, that could be true too yeah yeah yeah. All right. It's really, well, I... it's really hard to tell because, like, we come into this with the baggage of what we uh, what we know about film from this era, mm. and you know the characters and the stereotypes that it brings into it, and and we have to kind of trade on that sometimes. But uh, it, and it's an interesting part of like this process, so to speak. Uh, where do you think this is going to go, Paul? Well. I don't exactly know. I mean, she has successfully gotten glasses to murder Frank, which I think was the plan. I think she will. I don't think she's trying to get glasses arrested or anything. So I think she'll just help him hide the body and they'll kind of go along with it. Maybe they're stealing his gold or something. I, I don't I don't know. What, what do you think? Frank's gold. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of wonder if, Maybe there isn't, like, another side to this. Because her apartment's very expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Although Frank... I think it's it's Frank's apartment, I think. Oh, is it Frank's apartment? Well, he, um, he's able to get in with no difficulty. Yeah. She could be, like, a kept woman sort of thing. Or maybe, or maybe Frank's her husband. I don't know. But, it could be uh, abusive husband. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so it's a pr- pretty wealthy place. Um, I'm not sure if this is stylish or if this is supposed to be gauche. Like... Does that make sense? Like yeah, she's wearing like tell. a big old shimmery brooch and all this sort of stuff. So like, uh, I'm not really sure what the style of the place is, other than mid-century modern, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, but the like, I sort of wonder if like there is a motive to kill Frank, or if this is like the moment that it goes wrong, and uh maybe they have to figure out a way to get rid of the body and that's sort of what leads to maybe them backstabbing one another like do you think she then uses him Mm. to like because that's the thing is like the best way of framing somebody while still being there is that you can then point blame right well Uh, it's true It's, it's possible she then does get rid of glasses in one way or another yeah yeah i mean that's that's what i think is gonna be happening here is like uh she ends up going to the police or, or like manipulating somebody else to sort of like get rid of glasses or something. I don't know. Uh, the, the problem with this is like, there is no, there is no MacGuffin. Like I feel like, I feel like all film noir needs like right. a MacGuffin and maybe this is just like my lack of knowledge or understanding, but like, there's always like a major goal, like to get well, some place. Like, we'll see the fancy painting something. or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, uh, I feel like because we don't know what the MacGuffin is, we don't know what everyone's motives are. Mm. Uh, and so we can't really, you know, attribute anything. But I think that it's probably something that Frank has. Oh, no, wait. What if what if Glasses has the MacGuffin or, or has the ability to do something for her that she needs? And now she has this on him. She has the fact that he murdered someone on him, and so she's going to use that to manipulate glasses. I was thinking about that he's an accountant. Presumably he has access to money or accounts or something like that, so it's it's definitely possible. Uh, Well, John, we're we're going a bit long, though, so let's jump down to to recommendations. Um, I I think this looks like it could be a good movie. What do you think? Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, I mean, other than, like, you know, (laughs) the non-piercing deadly scissors. uh, Yeah. The the rest of every everything else here seems really good. The acting seems, you know, about, you know, 
pretty okay for 1944. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scenery is great. Uh, the cinematography. The, the lamps seems, are amazing. The lamps are fantastic. I mean, yeah. I'd see it for the lamps alone. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd kind watch of, this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, it's a double recommend, and we had the same theory for what happened. So. Um, the end. Thanks yep. for joining us, guys. Uh, a big thank you to Kinsey for submitting this clip. It's a little thank bit old, you. but I'm glad we could come back around to it. Yep. Uh, if, if you want to support the podcast, definitely submit your own clips at the minutepodcast.com. Review us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and reach out to us at theminutepodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at MinutePod or, you know, Facebook, Instagram. Find us. We're out there. As always, this episode was hosted by Paul Reberg and John Ward, edited by John Ward with theme music by Paul Reberg. Thank you, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Holy crap, you made it to the end. We'll be back next week to do it all again. Until then, be well and be sure to take a minute. The Minute Podcast. As you may know by now, the... Let's try that one again. We're both fish people now. Hmm. Oh.